to talk to you about hitting the mark for your life. I believe the word that uh, Greta has brought about destiny is absolutely spot on. When she shared that with me about three months ago, I just immediately witnessed in my spirit. There will be other prophetic emphases the Lord is sharing for 2013, but this is certainly one he has given to us to share. And uh, I sense uh, the Holy Spirit said to me a few weeks ago as I was praying, destiny is calling. And how we hear this year is vitally important. And choices we and nations make in the next two to three years, I know this sounds way out there, will actually determine what happens for the next two to three decades. I think nations and governments are hanging in the balance. And the next two to three years in terms of what they decide will determine which way the nation nation will tip, either into judgment or the blessing of God. And uh, I think that um, the Lord is wanting us to be really just aware of making correct choices. And this whole concept of hitting the mark is vital to understand because we're not called to cruisy Christianity and multi-choice. It's like there is a direction, there is a narrow way that leads to life, Jesus said, and we need to be found on it. Isaiah 49, 1 and 2. Isaiah says, listen to me, you islands. So that's us in the English. Uh, you distant nations, before I was born, the Lord called me from my birth. He's made mention of my name. He made me he made my mouth like a sharpened sword, and in the shadow of his hand he hid me. He made me into a polished arrow and concealed me in his quiver. So Isaiah is saying, I had a destiny even before I was born. You know, even, even while I was being conceived in the womb, God had a plan for my life, and he made me like a polished arrow. And in ancient times, polished arrows were very, very special arrows that flew straight and true and could hit the mark. And God's children are meant to be like polished arrows. We're meant to be like that. So we're going to look at a little at polished arrows this morning and look at how they're made and what they're designed to do. They speak of destiny. And if we're not properly prepared, we can miss the mark. So I want to read you two stories of people that missed the mark. Here's one. In November 1975, 75 convicts, started digging a secret tunnel designed to bring them up on the other side of the wall of a prison in northern Mexico. On April the following year, they tunneled up into the nearby courtroom in which many of them had been sentenced. The surprised judges returned all 75 to jail. You would agree those guys missed the mark badly. Here's another one. A man on a flight across America arose from his seat, drew a gun and took the stewardess hostage. Take me to Detroit, he said. We're already going to Detroit, she replied. Oh, good, he said, and sat down again. I mean, what do you think? What, a, what idiots. They missed the mark badly. But, you know, it's, it's as foolish for us to miss the mark that God has for us as it is those stories. And you may not know the target precisely God has for your life yet. And you don't really have to worry about that because God is the archer and he'll aim you and fire you and he'll, he, you know, the archer is responsible for aiming. Is that right? The arrow, our responsibility is to fly straight and true. So you leave the, the target to him and you have just got to be concerned about flying straight and true. 
I remember as a young believer, I'd only been uh, saved a year or two and, and some friends at university who'd led me to the Lord. We were involved in a Bible study, weekly Bible study. And one time we did a study on spiritual gifts, spiritual and natural gifts. And when we came together in the week to share our findings, the leader said, we're going to all go around the room and we're going to pick a person and we're going to share what we think their gift is. And so they came to me. I had no clue, no clue what my gifts would hardly heard about the topic as a baby Christian. And one after another, they said, we think your gift is teaching. I said, you do? They said, yes, we've noticed that when other students come to you with a maths or chemistry problem, you seem to have the ability to explain it to them so they understand. I thought, oh, yeah, I really do love explaining things clearly if I can. And so teaching. And on the basis of that, I was halfway in two years into a four-year degree, didn't know what I was going to do at the end of it. I made a decision. I will go to teacher's training college. If that's what my gift is, then I will align my career with my gifting. So off I went to teacher's training college and became a high school teacher. And then a little while into it, I was studying the Word of God and so loving it, I began to have this desire to, wow, I would love to not just teach maths and chemistry. I would love to teach the Bible. That would be wonderful. And that desire began to well up. And I shared with a, a, me, a pastoral mentor of mine. And, and he said, well, if you're going to do that, you'll probably have to pastor a church. I said, no way. I don't want to pastor a church. Thank you very much. He said, well, you're just going to have to go that route. And within a year of him saying that, my first wife, Jane, and I, we, we were pastoring a new planted church in Picton, the top of the South Island. And so that began. And so this teaching gift, and, but then some years later, I began to feel a new desire welling up within me. I not only wanted to teach the Bible, I wanted to hear what God was saying right now by the Spirit and teach that, which is the prophetic. And so it's almost like as you started heading towards the target a little more, God starts clarifying what the target is. And you go, oh, that's my aim, you know, prophecy teaching. That's the gift mix that I carry. And uh, that's how Greta and I function. And uh, she has a similar, uh, very similar gifting, prophetic teaching. And uh, she was a university lecturer. And so God put us together to do the same stuff. And I only share that story because I know some of you will be sitting there and saying, I don't have a clue. And how do I get that? Does God write a sign in heaven? No, often he'll make it clear through very natural means. Anyway, let's look at how those polished arrows used to be made in ancient times, because we can draw a lot of understanding uh, concerning the processes God uses to shape our destiny and i absolutely believe 2013 god will open doors of destiny and you may be 70 years old thinking like well i haven't got much time left yes you have there is more yet to come doesn't matter how many few years there's a there's a greater destiny yet for you in the name of jesus so don't write yourself off because you're too young or you're too old or whatever there is more of the target yet to hit and so the first thing when an arrow was made in ancient days, they had to choose a shaft and they would uh, cut a sapling, a, a young sapling, or they'd cut a thin branch off tr um, certain types of trees. And inevitably, they don't often in nature grow in completely straight. Is that right? So these saplings would be, or branches would be a little bent, and so they would have to straighten them. And for that to happen, they would apply heat, they would dry them out, uh, they would apply pressure. Sometimes they'd do that, the, be under pressure and heat for six months, 
trying to get it pure as straight as they possibly could. And isn't it true that when you and I come to the Lord Jesus, we come a little bent. We are bent by sin. See, sin bends people. Sin bends people. Colossians 2 says we live in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. And, and Paul is talking there about people who do not yet know the Lord, that, that society values get twisted and it's crooked. That's what sin does. It makes things crooked. It bends us from the straight. So you come to the Lord, God starts to straighten you out. And one of the great ways he uses to do that is his word. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is inspired by God. It straightens us out and teaches us to do what is right. So if you're going to get your clues and your cues from magazines, television, internet, uh, uh, news media outlets, you will have a bent stance in your life because it's the Word of God that will make us straight and true. And the tragedy for me is I encounter many, too many believers who don't even bother consistently to read the Word of God. And so what is happening is they are getting their clues and cues from the pervasing, pervading church culture, uh, world culture. I mean, in America, they've done a survey. 70% of Christian young people think it's okay to have sex before marriage and sleep around. Well, that tells me that I know their Bible. Because if they were consistently reading the Word of God time and time again, they would understand as they read the epistles, no, God has said that is for marriage. But popular culture out there says, no, you look, just, just do what you like. There's a price to pay. And I haven't got time to go into the price. So we've got to get back into the Word of God. Then the Lord, you know, they used to polish the shaft. They would use some abrasive... Com, uh, abrasive substance to polish the shaft and then they'd wax it so obviously if you polish the shaft when it flies through the air there's less wind resistance that arrow will fly further and the thing that the Lord uses to polish us is trouble you may have someone at work and you just don't like them and they don't like you and they are abrasive and you wish they weren't there. In fact, you might have even prayed, Lord, move them on, but the Lord won't move them on because he's got them right there to move you on in his purposes. And uh, he just uses trouble and friction and adversity and sometimes difficult people to, to teach us right reactions and graciousness and love and all that kind of things. Bless your enemies and love those who do harm to you, etc. Forgive, lift bitter judgments. All of that stuff is part of polishing. And James says in chapter 1, verses 2 to 4, When troubles come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy, for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow, for when your endurance is fully developed, you'll be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Wow. Troubles polish us troubles shape us you become a polished arrow that hits the mark nobody likes trouble when it comes knocking but god will use it for good and he'll polish your life then the third thing they used to have and they used to tip the arrow and uh, that does two things putting a sharp point on it when it's flying through the air it pushes the air aside so it'll go further and number two it sticks into the target if you fire a blunt arrow, that's not going to be very effective. It won't stick into the target and it'll fall short. And you say, well, what is the sharp end of our lives? That's often your spiritual or natural gifts, what you're gifted to do. 
how God has wired you. When you align your life and what you do with that, there'll come a sharpness and a fruitfulness in your life. It is also um, the, the uh, sensitivity to the voice of the Spirit. When you are sensitive to the Holy Spirit's voice, it brings a sharpness and clarity into your life. Uh, it says in Isaiah 11, and it's really speaking of Jesus. It's a prophetic word about Jesus. It said that the spirit of the Lord and of the fear of the Lord and of knowledge, wisdom, counsel, understanding, and might would rest on him so that he'd not judge by what his eyes saw or ears heard, but he'd judge by revelation of the spirit. And when you and I start to walk in, in listening to the voice of the spirit and in tune with him, uh, all kinds of wonderful things can happen. But if we're dulled in that, we can pull, be pulled this way and that way. So tuning our voice to the Holy Spirit, that will bring a sharpness and a clarity to us. And then the other thing that brings spiritual sharpness, again, is the Word of God. Hebrews 4.12, the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And guys and girls, we've got to read that every day. We've got to read the Word of God every day, not as a I must because it's legalism, but I want to because of the grace of God because Greta and I have been reading the Word of God mostly every day for 30, 35 years and we just get amazed just about every day there's something new to discover, some new facet of God, some new facet of truth. It's exciting. It's an adventure. And if you never read it, you're missing out on something. And you know, you may not have a leather-bound Bible, but it might be on your iPod, your iPhone, your eye, whatever it is you've got and read it on that. I don't care. Just read the thing because that is absolutely paramount for you to become a person that is sharp in spirit and understands the ways of the kingdom of God. Gone quiet in the room because there's deep conviction hitting people right now. I could always tell. <laughs> the next thing that happened, we'll move on. We'll let you off the hook a little bit. We'll move on. And uh, the next thing that happened was the, ta the um, tail feathers would have to be put on. In archery, that's called fletching. And in ancient days, they found that the best feathers to use were the feathers from a goose. Their flight feathers were just right for the... Now, the reason they put flight feathers on is that if you don't have flight feathers, the arrow will wobble in the air. So those... That those cross feathers hold it steady in the horizontal and vertical plane so that when it's fired, it just travels smoothly towards its target. Any bit of wobble will cause it to fall short of its target. And the goose in ancient days was like the watchman of the village. So if you were a stranger and you walked into some village somewhere, you probably wouldn't encounter an Alsatian and a Doberman barking at you. There'd be a flock of geese that would start honking if you were a stranger. And if you've ever had an encounter with, a uh, with an angry goose, you will know not to treat those geese lightly. They will go you if you're not careful. So they were like the watchmen of the ancient world. Now in the Bible, watchmen speak of the what the prophetic thank you speaks of the prophetic so the parallel with us is if you're going to be a person that hits the mark and flies straight and true into your destiny you will need prophetic revelation in your life the word of God speaks to us generally it brings the general or broad direction that we're meant to be walking in but there will be many unique specific things 
pertaining to every individual that are quite different from one another. And so you will need to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit as he speaks in visions and dreams and prophetic words and through other people. There'll be prophetic direction that you need. You know, we, I was involved with a particular church movement in New Zealand for 33 years and about... Um, must have been three years ago, the Lord gave me a vivid dream that there was a change coming. And the dream was so vivid and, and so unusual. It took me two or three days to seek the Lord for the meaning of it. But once I got, I thought, wow, you're going to lead me to a new place. And then nothing much happened for uh, about 18 months, two years. But I, I kept the dream in mind. And then the Lord brought a connection with Church Unlimited and Pastor Tark Barna, just out of unusual circumstances. And it appeared that the Lord was saying, I'm connecting you and Greta with Church Unlimited. And, uh, and it looked that way. But I remember saying to Tark, I said, well... It looks like God's pointing that way, and I've got a dream to indicate that a change was coming, but I am not moving till I have a word from God, and I want a scripture. Uh, you know, prophecy's good, vision's good, dream's good, but I want a scripture, because Jesus said to the devil, it's written. So we're busy fasting and praying, and one day Greta's down in the bedroom, and she's seeking God, and God is downloading a whole lot of stuff to her. I'm up in the lounge, I'm praying, and suddenly the room fills with the presence of Jesus. And I can, I can see by the eye of my spirit, my eyes are shut, I can see him standing in front of me. I can see him. He's glorious. And he stands in front of me and he says, I have set before you an open door that no one can shut. And I went, woof. I said, thank you, Lord. That's the prophetic direction I need to help finish making the decision. And that was actually a very applicable word because when we made the decision, some people said to us, you know, doors will shut for you because you've done that. And in fact, we, we, it was a little threatening. We said, well, thank you, Lord, you've said you'll open doors. You'll open doors that no one can shut. And in fact, more doors have opened since than ever before. And we feel like we're, we're starting to fly straight and true towards the mark that God has for us. And so there it is. You've got a beautiful polished arrow. It's tipped, it's fletched, it's polished, it's straight. And you are, if you're that arrow, you are ready to be fired. You are so keen. God, I'm ready. Here I come, world. Fire me. Put me in your bow and launch me, Lord. And you think it's real good time right now to be launched. But the Lord considers it's not good time to be launched. And what he goes and does is he goes and hides you in his quiver. And a quiver is just a narrow leather pouch. And there's probably a bunch of other arrows in there, six to a dozen other arrows, as many as they can squeeze. And you're now in this dark and confined place, and you're on the back of the archer, and you're being jostled around with a bunch of other arrows, some of which you don't even like anyway. You wonder, why are they in here with me? And uh, God, you're saying, get me out of this thing. Put me in your bow and launch me. This is not fair. But everybody that will hit the mark, I don't know why I'm getting a bit of booming, guys. I'm sorry about that. Um, Everybody that will hit the mark of purpose and destiny for their lives will have to pass the test of being hidden at some point. That's where you feel overlooked. That's where you feel others get launched, but you don't. That's where you feel like, oh, I'm getting left behind. Why doesn't anybody notice me? Why doesn't God notice me? Uh, you know, what's happening at work? Others seem to get promotion, not me. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm doing the best I can. I'm not slacking around. And it's just a timing thing in God. 
Many of you know the story of uh, my life. I've shared it a couple of times, but um, my first wife, Jane, was in a wheelchair and I was her caregiver for 16 years. And so there wasn't much ministry. I certainly wasn't doing anything like we're doing now. And so that, that was where God had me hidden, taking care of Jane. Now, it wasn't that what I was doing there was any less important than what I'm doing now. It's just that it was part of the hiding process from public view. It was like God and us together. And I've shared this before. One day the Lord said to me, you know, son, your service to Jane is worship to me. That's how precious it is. That's how precious it is. And so I thanked him for that. And, but when she passed away um, and in, in the subsequent year in which I met Greta and, and he began to launch us into full-time itinerant ministry, I understood that those 16 years had been hidden in the quiver, learning a whole lot of stuff about God, walking with him. And, and so that's, it's not an easy place to be, but if you, if you will draw the grace that God gives to handle it, when it comes launch time, you'll be so polished, you'll be an arrow that hits the mark. And you'll do it with grace and you'll do it with love. And then finally, the day comes. Wow, it's here. You feel the hand of the archer gripping you. You feel like the hand is coming up over the quiver. Pick me, Lord, pick me. And yes, his hand alights on your arrow, you. And he pulls you out and he puts you in his bow. And he's got you in the bow and you're going, wow, this is so cool. I'm about to be launched. And then the Lord does this. He just pulls you back. And you're an arrow and you don't know any better. You think like, hang on a minute. I'm getting further away from the target than ever before. What's going on? I'm going backwards. This is not nice. What's happening? And you don't know that you don't realize that the feeling of being pulled backwards is that you're about to be launched. And not only that, when the archer pulls you back, the arrow lies right over his heart. You're closer to his heart than ever before. You know, I knew that my wife and I would have a call to itinerant ministry to the nations. But when Jane died, it felt like everything went backwards. I felt like, how's that going to happen? And it absolutely felt like everything went backwards. But I didn't realize I was closer to launch time than ever before and there may be some people sitting in the room you may be involved uh, in business and some kind of career some kind of ministry and it just literally feels like wow feels like things are going backwards well you be encouraged and keep your faith and trust in the lord because he knows how to launch you and that's what's happening you see it really is all about the archer and the bow not the arrow and the Lord is the archer. And, you know, we put so much emphasis on the arrow. You know, we're going to be men and women of destiny. We're going to shake the world. You know, we've sung songs like that. You know, it's like the, the arrows are boasting. We, were in, uh, we go to the UK every year, so we went up to Nottingham a few years ago. And we visited Sherwood Forest looking for Robin Hood. We didn't find Robin Hood. There was a little guy dressed in green tights appearing, you know, like him. But they took us to the thousand-year-old oak tree and they said, Robin Hood and his merry men camped under here, you know. And I went and stroked the grass. Wow, Robin Hood sat here. But notice I wasn't saying, wow, Robin's Hood, Robin Hood's arrow sat here. It was Robin Hood. The glory goes to Robin. 
William Tell, the guy that shot the, the arrow into the apple on the guy's head, you know. We don't go, wow, William Tell's arrow, isn't, he, isn't that amazing? We go, wow, William Tell is amazing. He can shoot an arrow so accurately. He's all about the archer, guys. When you hit the mark for your life, when you, when you fulfill your destiny, why God has put you on earth to be the, the best dad you can, to be the best mum you can, to be the best servant of God you can, in whatever area of life God has called you to, that you are bringing glory to the archer. And no, notice you need a bow. You can't be launched without a bow. And you say, well, what is the bow? The bow is the organization that you belong to out of which God will launch you. It may be the, your local church. It may be a Christian organization that you belong to. It may be the business that you're part of or the, the place that you work. It can be anything. It may be the family you're part of. It's something out of which God launches you because I've found that isolated Christians don't really hit the target. You have to be part of a Christian community you, or a community. It could be the sports team that you're part of. may not be all believers in it. God will use some kind of thing out of which he can fire you and launch you. And so it's important to be connected and understand that. And I believe that right choices and right connections will determine our destiny. Right choices and right connections. I think in 2013, God's going to bring some amazing connections into our lives. And you need to be looking out for them. Not to use those people, but these people will be door openers for you. Some of you sitting in this room, God will send people to you this year who will favor you and he'll open door and who will open doors for you and you'll go right through and launch through into your destiny. And throughout your life, if it doesn't happen this year, throughout your life, I found that if you, if you bless people and you love them and you sow into their lives, God will cause others to come into your life who will just open doors of destiny for you. That will help you get where you need to go. Right connections are very important. Wrong connections can cause you to deviate from your destiny. Right connections can help you get there. And our greatest mark is the Lord Jesus himself. And we need to center on him. Because he'll always keep us satisfied till launch time. And even then, never make ministry or business or career the primary thing. It's always him. And you say, well, what has God been doing in the nations in the past few years? What has he been doing in the church the last few years? This is what I think he's been doing. He's been filling his quivers throughout the earth with polished arrows. He has been sanding and preparing and polishing and tipping and fletching his children. And he's got them secreted away in whatever quivers they're in uh, here and a quiver there or whatever. And he's getting ready to launch them right into many targets throughout the earth. I love Psalm 45, 3 to 5. It says this, put on your sword, O mighty warrior. You are so glorious, so majestic. In your majesty, ride out to victory, defending truth, humility, and justice. Go forth to perform awe-inspiring deeds. Your arrows are sharp, piercing your enemies' hearts. The nations fall beneath your feet. You ever seen those movies where there's thousands of archers lined up? 
And they've all got the arrow in the bow and they've all got it back and they're just waiting for the command fire. And when they let go, the sky goes black with arrows. And if you're on the receiving end, you just, you, you're really history unless you've got a really good shield. The, the, to see a mass of hundreds or thousands of arrows coming towards you would be a fearful and terrifying sight. But I think that's what the Lord is getting ready to do because the enemy has set up many strongholds throughout the earth in the nations of the earth. And God says, let your kingdom come, let your will be done. In other words, those strongholds must come down. And here's a word for Rock Church. I feel like in the last few years, God's been transitioning you from a box to a bow. Boxes contain things. They're good. You can put treasure in it. And then, you you know, it's like a treasure chest and you can go and open the lid and you can look at the treasure and go, wow, that's so incredible. Look at that. That's so wonderful. But it's not that functional in terms of changing things out there. But when you become a bow and not just a box, God puts beautiful polished arrows in the bow and he just starts firing them, firing. He's like that elf on Lord of the Rings. What's his name? He just goes, shoo, 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 shoo. Legolas, thank you. I like that dude. And you know, God will just fire arrow after arrow because if, if you set your heart on being a bow church and not a box church, not just wanting to contain the blessing for yourself, but fire it out because you see there are many kingdom targets that need to be hit. We need people to hit the political target. Where are the believers standing? Standing up in the political realm. Where are the believers standing up in education and in health and in the media and entertainment, etc., etc.? Where are they? We need those polished arrows to be launched towards those marks. They can make a difference in our nation. Salt and light. I was rattling this off. Um, one meeting I was doing, I just used the word the military. And there was a lady, first time in church. She said, I've never been to a church where the military has been mentioned. He says, I'm in the military. Wow, could I, could I hit the mark in the military? Yes, if you understand kingdom, yes. It's not just about hitting the mark in the box. It's hitting the mark. It's launched from here to hit the mark out there. A life that hits God's mark for it will bless many people. And it's not even that we're blessed. I thank God thousands and thousands of polished arrows he's been taking time to prepare them and it's not like you just get launched once and it's not like that when you're hidden in the quiver you can't do something fulfilling you can it's just that the fullness of your direction and the purpose for your life has not yet been fully understood and you're still doing a whole lot of things and and uh, it's almost like god will fire you and get you back and repolish you and fire you but it's there's a sense that there comes a time where he launches you into the fullness of who you're meant to be. And when you start touching that, everything starts lining up and heaven opens. And you go, wow. You're making a difference for the kingdom of God. And it's different. And you thank God that through years of trial and suffering, He took time to polish you because now when you hit the mark, it won't be to bring destruction. It will be to bring blessing to many people's lives. We're going to pray because we want to release a sense of destiny and purpose here today.